0: Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack Podcast, Podcast at gmail.com. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. In case you're wondering, yes, we are in that portion of the country that you may have seen on the news. A lot of our colleagues impacted by lack of power, including our producer, Alon, which is why this might look or sound a little bit different. But, Gordon, you and I are – we're some of the fortunate ones who have had power throughout this snowpocalypse here in – Texas. Yeah,
1: I'm on the border of the power, too, because you go two blocks south of me, and they don't have power. So I have friends who live 400 meters away, and they, have, they haven't had power since 2 a.m. yesterday. So it's been a, a long time without power. And I get it. I'm from the Northeast. Like, I grew up in crazy winter storms. I would have, you know, Pennsylvania storms all over the place. And it's kind of funny to make fun of Texans for not being able to handle snow. But the main difference is, there are no plow trucks in Texas. There are no salt trucks yeah. in Texas, and these the houses aren't built for snow. So,
0: hey, uh, why would they be? That would be a huge waste right? of money. All of those things, right? Like they don't people in different parts of the country deal with different sorts of weather, and they're they have preparation and equipment for that weather, like and. When you get a once every 50 years, 100 years storm, it's going to catch people flat foot. Like imagine
1: if a volcano went off in New York City and everyone was like, hey, New York City should have been prepared for the volcano. They'd be like, no, right, you're not right, supposed right. to prepare for volcanoes in New York City. And you know, some people are like, hey, we should have figured it out. But I did try to drive somewhere yesterday. <laughs> mm-hmm. I drove like a mile and it took like two and a half hours because everyone was super slow and – pausing on bridges and couldn't get up hills and stuff like that um because i thought like the amount of snow i was like oh it's just like a regular snow day i can go to a store and get food or something nope the entire system shut down so
0: Mm -hmm. being from the northeast i
1: did not think it would be this bad but it is but it's fine
0: Yeah, it's a little apocalyptic out there. I go outside, I talk to my neighbors, and they're like, yes, we walked to the gas station to try to find food, and the line was out the door, and everybody has shovels, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. You said you went a couple blocks, and you had people without power. Across the street, literally across the street, does not have power in my neighborhood. It's very strange. They were all dark at night. And our side, because people had their living room or dining room lights on when they were eating dinner, I went out there at about 6 at night, and they're just completely – Just completely rubbing darks. it in their faces. It's like, ha, ha, no, ha look f- at us. We have light. We don't even need it. I feel <laughs> – I need heat is what is, is the main thing. No, I I feel incredibly fortunate. I can't imagine. And uh, I got a text from our producer, Alon, before we started. Like I said, he's still without power hopefully by tomorrow. But that's why we didn't have the pod yesterday in case – folks were wondering so we're a little late on this weekend recap where so much happened both professionally and collegiately probably more more so collegiately so i wanted to run through the the top five performances on the college side and the pro side i think though we, sh- we should start with the college kids right gordon i feel like they might have deserved top billing based on how quickly they ran over the weekend yeah for sure college first
1: you you go you go to Find college before you go pro,
0: so we talk about college
1: before we talk about the pros.
0: Yeah, so I think number one here, we'll go one to five on this one. We're, we're you know we're not going to wait, make people sit in suspense. <laughs> not that they were really sitting in suspense, but I, I think number one's got to be the the Oregon Milers on the men's side. Cooper Tier and Cole Hawker both run three fifty, and Charlie Hunter three fifty three. Behind them, Hunter went on. Later on, that same meet in Arkansas to run five five in the 800. So, Tier smashes the collegiate record. Hawker goes under the old mark as well, too. I know this caught you off guard because you were screenshotting results and, and texting it to the group. Did not catch me off guard too
1: much. Okay, that's maybe controversial to say, but <laughs> I think the overarching take after this weekend— Uh, highlighted by Oregon's 350 milers, was like, what is happening? What is going on? Like, why are they running so fast? This is abnormal. You know, we see a Mm -hmm. high school kid run 357, and now we see Oregon's milers run 350. What is going on? You know, some people are sprinkling in. It's the shoes. Like, that's a thing, (laughs) right? But I really think it's a factor of multiple. I think it's super explainable. Number one, well, this, this was my first thing. All right. Who was rolling the most last
0: indoor season in co- in college? Last indoor season? 2020. So 20, 2020 indoor? Uh, I mean, the NAU men. Yeah, but like specifically individual
1: well. woman and man on the distance side, would you say were rolling the most? Like, we're like, wow, having like, impressive regular seasons you have to refresh okay. my memory it was dan because it was it so was long ago Danny jones of colorado who was running a fast okay. 800 mile and all the way up to 5k and it was tyler day right broke the american collegiate 5k record you know he was dominating okay. he was running four miles all that stuff right what do they have in common both of them didn't run cross country they were just like super fresh for an indoor season to go all in on indoor right We are seeing a bunch of Tyler Days and a bunch of Danny Joneses in 2021 because they didn't have a hard cross-country, grueling season for them. They just got to peak for indoor. And not only did they get to peak for indoor, they had had the longest buildup in the history of buildups for an indoor season. No one has ever built up this much for an indoor season in the history. And this number of people, right? Because there's no outdoors. And I think the fact of a long buildup, the fact of no cross country, the fact that there's this mindset of nothing to lose. Like A lot of times there's a lot of pressure on these athletes because top 16 is a really hard mark to get. And you're thinking about who's going to run. Is, is my time fast enough? Oh, I need to run even more faster this year than any year before. and. That pressure of being top 16, I feel like, is gone this season because everyone is kind of like, hey, let's see what happens, right? We still have cross-country. Oh, Luis is not running indoor. Oh, Jared Noguz isn't running indoor. Oh, okay. Weird. Oh, uh, BYU may or may not. There's all this, like, dynamics of, like, you know, there's just a lot of less, like, stress on the specific season because it's spread out between two different seasons I think that's a factor. So mentally, it's stress-free. Physically, they're the the uh, what's not sharp, sharp. the sharpest they're sharp. they've ever been before. And then the last one I think is these times make sense when you put them in a record book that involves more than three months of the season, uh, three months of the year. What I'm saying is indoor record books are naturally skewed. Because an indoor record book only includes times that only happen three months out of the year. It only includes times among athletes who are rust-busting their season. And it only includes times of athletes who only compete that have indoor tracks, right? It doesn't include, like, Usain Bolt isn't in the indoor record books, right? And there's a reason for that because he's like, indoor is not a real sport. You know what I mean? uh but i think all that factors into like 350 is great and it is but like it makes sense like we should be running 350 miles that's i just look at them. i'm like this is what americans should be running when it comes to a mile this is what they should be mm-hmm. we should be able to see BYU run sub 1330 like we just don't do it because we kind of like we only run up to the competition and we, we don't feel the need to have to go that hard, right? You don't need to run a 350 mile indoors. You only need to run a 355 and then you're and then you're good. Get ready for the championship season. And we train our milers to be really good 335, 1500 meter runners. That's what we get. We're like, just be really good at kicking and be just 0.1 seconds under the Olympic standard. And you are a professional miler. No one is asking mm-hmm. milers to be like they do in an internationally where they're running 330s all the time, right? Yeah. And this was the first time where Cole Hawker and and Cooper Tier under Ben Thomas, they're like, fuck it, let's go for it. And they were like, mm-hmm. we don't need to just run the bare minimum. We could just push ourselves because we have the skill set, we're fit, and they showed it. And I think it's just an avalanche. It's going to be more and more like this. We're, you know, 10 years ago, 10 people break four every year. This year, already 30 guys have done it. It's just... Yeah. And it's going to be like that now at even a, a lead alert, a, a more of elite level. Before this year, only three people were running sub-353. I think five mm-hmm. years from now, every year, the top NCAA runner will be a sub-353 guy, I think. It'll just mm-hmm. be continued. So... I just think it's the multiple factors of just the development of the sport and the way we compartmentalize indoor season that we are treating indoor the most unique way we've ever done before because of the pandemic. And rant.
0: I was going to say TED Talk. That was better than a rant. That was was interesting. Listen, I'm the unofficial official Gordon Take evaluator. That was one of your better ones, particularly your first point about no cross-country leading to really good indoor performances. I don't have any data in front of me to back it up so i'll just take your word for you for you know from you about the examples of tyler day and danny jones last year that yeah that stayed on the rails the entire time i'll give that like an 8.5 out of 10 that was that was good for a gordon a gordon take hey but i am surprised by cole hawker he's a young guy he ran that fast five thousand uh in in the winter down in California. Where Central got him at the line, and we're like, "Whoa, that was the race of Cole Hawker's life." Well, it turns out that was just, the just beginning. Cole Hawker getting started, basically. Like he's good; he is legitimately good. You don't run 350 uh, by accident. Cooper cheer. we had heard of, so it's a little bit more explainable. But Hawker running that fast—that guy—that's that was a sensational run for him. And I guess part of that does come because he has these these training with these guys, he's racing with these guys. Oregon set that event up they had rabbits in there to go to go quick i only add one thing because you can't ted talk over a ted talk you just look, end up looking silly uh and i don't have my my turtleneck and my small microphone that comes uh in front of my face there is the element of you said like nothing no pressure right but there's also the element of hey we need to make the most of every opportunity because we don't know when this meet is going to happen again if another race is going to cancel. Like we got to get our big times in now. So there's no playing around. You know, we've heard coaches talk about this maybe in years past Cooper tier and Cole Hawker run a one K or something at that meet. And then they're like, we're going to make an, an assault at the collegiate record in at the Milrose games or something like that, or at another, at another meet, but there you have to take every opportunity you can because you never know when a meet is going to get canceled or postponed or a season is going to get canceled or postponed. So the the no pressure combined with the importance of every single meet I think adds adds that element as well too. But yeah, if like not to steal your bit, but you know, really good college runners probably should be running around that time relative to the rest of the world. Yeah. What do you think yeah. they
1: Cole and Cooper would have ran if they would have been entered in the mile at Millrose games? Do you think they still would? Well, this.
0: Do you think they still would have ran three hundred and fifty? I think they would have run. I think they could have broken the collegiate record. I don't think they would have been as fast. This Fayetteville track seems yeah. fast, and I know we'll we'll touch on this later when we get to the pro side of things. Fast tracks matter indoors; it just does. We've just seen enough evidence yeah. of it. You know, a, a a degree here of the bank, a, de- a degree there like it actually matters. And we have enough evidence that Fayetteville, we would put it on the fast track side of things. It's probably not BU because nothing is BU because the BU track actually moves in lane one. There's the conveyor belt factor. It's just constantly
1: tilting downward. It's like an optical illusion where you're always running downward.
0: (laughs) Exactly. You stare at it long enough, you get really dizzy because you don't know what you're looking at. It's quick. It's quick. So I don't know, but I definitely think that yeah, if you're beating beating the mark by a couple seconds, I definitely think they could have done it at Rose.
1: Well, well, I'm thinking about like the idea that is it easier to run 350 in a race where there's only three or four people, they're all your teammate, and they're all everyone yeah. knows exactly what everyone is doing. There's no like surprises. Probably. Whereas if you throw Hawker and and Tier into like a 12 man mm-hmm. indoor mile field, you you might just get lost and like you're 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 trying to get position. No one is trying to sure, help sure. you. You know.
0: Yeah, well, that's why I always think when people look at these indoor world records, and I say indoor for a specific reason because of what you said, positioning is so important and it's so easy to lose time on a corner. And we saw it with Gudafsigai when she ran the 1500 world record and no one was near. And you're like, man, imagine if she had help, but that doesn't always actually benefit you because they're going to get in the way and you have to go around and then you're worried about racing. Whereas, yeah, if you just pre-program it you basically you know ben thomas in oregon just said it and forget it basically he said this is where i want the splits this is where you need to be go and then everybody did what they're supposed to and then that was the the end results i want to i mean i'd love to go on for two hours on just this topic because now i'm thinking okay we already knew oregon was going to be ringing up big points in the men's mid distances at the NCAA indoor championships i want to know what it means you know in your opinion for that but unfortunately we can save that for a later pod this week because we still need to recap all these other. We did one of the ten things that we're counting down, and because of your speech, we we need to keep moving here, Gordon. Sorry. Uh, a number two. Let's well, go Texas A and M women four by four collegiate record three twenty six twenty seven, and the thing Mo splits a fifty point two seven there, which you're still you're still thinking she doesn't run the four hundred. You still think she runs the eight hundred?
1: Yeah, she's. She's Devin Dixon, right? She's mm-hmm. that's what Devin Dixon. Devin what split forty three seconds, and it was mm-hmm. second to Michael Norman in that crazy or what was it maybe it split forty two? I don't know what he, he split something crazy. Uh, no, it's forty three low. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's just he's she's going to be a a four hundred meter star in the four by four, but when it comes mm-hmm. to it, she's going to be always getting ready for the eight hundred in this event specifically. I mean this meet specifically it makes sense because if Cherokee Young is another great four hundred meter runner, there's it's easier to go to get twenty points by going one and one. That's more than mm-hmm. going one two and getting eighteen points. You know, so you right. kinda of would rather give Cherokee a chance to take if if you take a thing mo out of the four hundred, Cherokee Young finishes one place better. So it's worth mm-hmm. doing that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's just remarkable though that she could actually be in contention for win both the 400 and 800 in her first year. I know that doubles really tough and it's easier to say it and it's easier just to have the season's best mark than it is to actually do it. But yeah, they, they, they smashed that mark more collegiate records here. We'll just keep counting them down. Uh, number three, I guess I would go Casey Lightfoot six feet or six, six meters, feet. excuse me, six feet in the pole vault. Not very good. <laughs> Although you get over anything in the pole vault. You have my respect. Six meters in the pole vault. And then Turner Washington of Arizona State set the collegiate record in the indoor men's shot put 21.85. So I'll put those at three and four, Gordon.
1: Yeah, think about this. They both broke the collegiate records that were owned by arguably the two most dominant athletes right now in that event. Ryan Krauser, I believe, had the indoor record. Right? Didn't he? In the shot uh, put? Did not did Odardall never get it? I think Ryan Krauser year? had it. And then, okay. obviously, Mondo had the the pole vault. When you look at the current landscape internationally, who is the best shopper? Well, Lightfoot had it. Well, Lightfoot broke his own record. He broke his own record, his record but he okay. broke Mondo's record yeah. from it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, right now, it's Mondo and Krauser. Those are the two stars of the now. And now, mm-hmm. currently in college, both of their college records are broken now by Lightfoot and Turner. It makes you think... Whoa! It's just like whoa! It's not just any collegiate record. You're breaking the collegiate record of guys who have gone on to be all-time greats and are currently in their all-time great prime. So, makes it interesting for the next four years. I think is another young mm-hmm. guys coming in and to challenge. It's kind of weird to call them the old guard because mm-hmm. Mondo is not old by any means, but uh, <laughs> it's good. It's good to have. That people are constantly that Krauser and Mondo aren't just running away with it. That there's new talent coming in every year that have a has a chance to be truly competitive to the current greats. So,
0: and Casey Life Krau- greatest name in all of track and field right now. <laughs> Krauser is actually well now he's going to be tied for third. He was tied for second with Ryan Whiting. Oderdal did have oh, okay. it indoors, so it's twenty one eighty one for Oderdal. Krauser and Ryan Whiting were twenty one seventy three. So Turner Washington moves ahead of of all those gentlemen. He and he, he he didn't even have the school record before this because Ryan Whiting <laughs> had it at twenty one seventy three. That's a it's a tough all time list to make if you're at Arizona State and you're throwing the shot uh, number five. I'll let you pick. Is it the BYU men? With Mance, Klinger, and Garnica going thirteen twenty eight, thirteen twenty eight, thirteen twenty nine, or is it Sage Herda and Chrissy Gear in that Arkansas mile going four thirty one?
1: Well they the the mile is two different there's two different four thirty ones. Sage herda ran it in Iowa
0: State. Oh and Chrissy Gear. Yeah, but ran it right Oh, sorry. So, sorry. Four thirty is it the four thirty one milers or the thirteen twenty eight twenty nine five K people?
1: I mean I it would have to be the thirteen twenty three guys under thirteen thirty on the same team is more impressive than two individuals running four thirty one. Uh, I think we should have more women running four thirty ones. I think the I think the sub four for some reason in society like running society we equivalent sub four as the same thing as sub four thirty and it's not the same. Like mm-hmm. more people should I don't know it's like a weird thing anyway. I just feel like anyway. Keep going. Keep, stay
0: focused, Gordon. You're doing. You're doing I think good. that uh, we mance. should have more. That's we should mance. have more women running 4:30, low 4:30s than we currently have. Well, the reason I bring it up is because that event was pretty slow going, and then now we have a clear, we have a clear favorite, yes. correct? Yeah, it's it's well, a lot c- better. Co favorites. Yeah.
1: It's a lot better than it was three weeks ago. And gear and, and Hurt are going to give some respect to that to that event. But Hurt is legit yeah. too. Hurt is legit. Right?
0: Hurt is it's. Yeah, it's not a, a one race wonder. She's been really good for a couple of years, and you could see her winning an actual title. Okay, and talk. it makes
1: sense for her to do the mile because there's no point in going up against a thing though. So she's like, I'm not doing the 800 anymore. You know, it's getting right. a mile. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. The BYU. I think people look at that and you think about. I think about it in cross country terms, right? You're like, whoa, because you have
0: them ranked ninth, no, right? BYU no, man, the BYU they is dropped the another.
1: Okay. But they <laughs> clearly have a, a really good big three now, right? Klinger and Gar- Garnica. Running sub-1330 is like, what? I mean, Klinger yeah. you can you can make sense around it. Mance, it makes 100% sense. 100%, 100% sense. Mance probably sense. could have gone even faster. In a way, Mance yeah. was probably helping the other two. Uh, but mm-hmm. I look at it, it's like, whoa, they have a big three. I do think, though, when your number four is, what, 30 seconds back from that, it does mm-hmm. open the doors to think, okay, BYU is gonna be good but they're currently now they're four five Mm -hmm. even though they're running 1359 you just think that are they going to be able to survive in a 10k if they're four five or that far back from their big three because Mm any UK can match up evenly with byu's big three i mean they just did it recently at the nevada meet but you know revolva and mance are even young and and uh and Klinger even, and now Garnica and Nur, you could say are even. Uh, so, one thing I think I take from the race is all right, BYU they they're going to be in it. They're going to be in it through three. The question is, will BYU show up with a fourth, and then sub, subsequent subsequently yeah. a fifth? I did, I did. I remember doing like some research. The most important runner on a cross country team is the fourth man. If you have the best fourth man in the country. If you compare... If, it's the most predictive. It's most, it's the most predictive, predictive yeah. it If is, you have the best fourth yeah. man in the country, you're going to win the national title. That's just how it mm-hmm. works. So if your fourth man is better than everyone else's fourth man, you're good. Right now, BYU's fourth man, I guess, right now, is Clayson Shumway, who ran 13.59. Clayson yeah. ran a, a good cross-country meet in 2018. Pretty long ago, but... Yeah. Clayson Shumway's a good fourth man. I mean, when you look at the resume, he has a pretty good resume, but he just ran 13.59, so you don't know... But right now, if you can beat Clayton Shumway, you can beat BYU. That's just how it works. And yeah. who has a fourth man that can beat Clayton Shumway? Maybe NAU, obviously. Mm-hmm. Arkansas, Wisconsin, we don't know. But right. that's uh, what I you took You want your
0: – yeah. You don't want to overcomplicate it, but the gap from three to four looks pretty big. Now, that's better because Garnick has gotten better. Yeah and you you you'd rather have Garnica be at 1329 than have him be at 1339 and then make that gap from 3 to 4 look smaller but but what it does do is just make it very clear that those are the top 3 and then they need to figure out those last two scorers and it it doesn't help to have a great 6 and 7 what you need you'd rather have two guys that you can count on there in those final uh two spots speaking of BYU and I know you started doing exitology, your, your forecast of who's going to make the meet, and we could save that to talk, it, talk more about it uh, tomorrow or whenever we do another podcast again. But the BYU women ran some fast times this weekend too, which I'm assuming you put into your formula and they come out of the weekend str- as a stronger number one, perhaps, than they were before?
1: Uh, not really. Because no. their, I feel like their track times kind of validated where I had them finishing a week prior. Okay, you know Anna gotcha. Camp I had as a top ten, and she goes out there and runs the fastest three k in the nation unattached. Hey, you're top ten now. Like I think there was a lot of mm-hmm. just uh, a lot of confirmation that came out of BYU's three k's uh, for the women. Um, I think BYU still. I mean they're gonna have a good now a strong one two punch in Whitney Orton and Anna Camp. Mm-hmm. but the way the field is looking right now, I think it's going to be high scoring affair and BYU's three, four, five. It's not going to be necessary for them all to be like top 40 type runners. Mm-hmm. Their fifth could be in the nineties and potentially they could still win. So uh a little more after this upcoming weekend, uh, a weekend that I was supposed to actually be there right now. I was supposed to go to Vegas yesterday, but I'm not there. Uh, so hopefully I go to Vegas no, you're in here. a few days. Um, but when we see New I'll Mexico and a, and a better Stanford, we could get a better idea of yeah. cross-country season on the women's side. But, yeah, I was super impressed by Anna Camp. No one's going to really notice it because it's not going to show up on the first page because she's mm-hmm. unattached. But,
0: yeah. but you found, found it. it. You found it. found it. Of course I found you it. Can't hide. can't hide. Can't yeah. hide from from me. Yeah. Huh. yeah. <laughs> found it. Yeah. yeah. What, what's interesting about BYU, and there's a couple other – teams in this position to a lot of their big name runners either have cross or they have indoor. So they're not mixing at all and they don't have a lot of hard decisions to make. For example, Whitney Orton has cross shouldn't have indoor. So there's no debate about, Ooh, should she run the mile? Should she anchor the DMR? And then should she come back and do cross country? Don't yeah. need to worry about that. Courtney Weymouth, who was the top 10 last year in, in cross. Uh, she's out she's of cross, but she has indoor. Yeah. So you're, you don't need to worry about figuring out how to how to double her backer. And then camp just has cross, doesn't have indoor. Arkansas women are in a similar position a little bit with um, Izzo being out of cross and being able just to, to focus on indoor. But the men, it seems like all those top teams and all those big players, there's a lot more spillover with the men, the BYU men, the NAU men. Yared Nagus, like we've talked about. A lot of those big-name big name runners, are they have eligibility in both. So they they could do both. Cooper, the Cooper tiers of the world, the Cole Hawkers of the world. Speaking
1: of the Oregon men, I mean, they ran a cross-country meet without Cooper Tier, without mm-hmm. Cole Hawker, Reed Brown, and Charlie Hunter. And they got smoked by Portland. Like, it wasn't even close. They just, they're not a real team without their
0: top four guys. Well yeah, they're not running yeah. their best people. Here's
1: yeah. the thing. What do you think Cooper and Hawker and all these guys, do you think they're gonna run Pac twelve cross country to at least qualify their team? Because Oregon mm. doesn't have any resume points right now. And if Oregon shows up at Pac twelves on March fifth, a week out from indoors, and doesn't run their yeah. their stars, yeah. they're not gonna finish high enough to be selected by the committee. What did you, what, is, what does Oregon do? Do you think they try to – do they have – do they want to keep Cooper Tier and Hawker fresh for indoors, or do they make them run an 8K to at
0: least get the Oregon team to cross-country nationals? I think they're good enough to where they can just run a tempo run on that 8K. And for them, it's, it's a different type of stress than running an, an all-out mile probably a little welcomed and that'll get them there. Cause I think they want to get there because I think they want to have options to double them back. Cur- now answer me this though. Obviously tier is fine for the mile. Has he qualified in everything that he needs to qualify in, or did they need to run more indoor races? So they haven't done the 5k. And I think
1: okay. we keep on thinking that Cooper is going to 5k, but I don't think they're going to, I think, I think this is what they're doing. I think Hawker and tier Will run the mile. Hawker Tier and Reed Brown would run the mile, and then uh, Charlie Hunter runs the eight. Charlie Hunter and Luis Peralta run the eight, and then whatever combination of those guys runs the DMR, right? Based on how they feel after their prelims, and mm-hmm. then they run their finals and the three K. So I think, I think uh, Cooper Tier and Cole Hawker won't run won the five K, which. Mm-hmm. If you think about that, the 5K now is becoming more and more open because if, if Tier and Hocker aren't running the 5K, Wesley Kiptu doesn't have a mark
0: yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me look up Festus Legat's PB. Hold up one second. <laughs> it's on, basically going. BYU has an opportunity. They're going to be tempted to go one through
1: eight. They're going to be tempted to go a little bit harder in the indoor and run a bunch of indoor 5Ks. And You think? Yeah, I think. BYU is gonna be look at BYU gonna look at the the indoor 5K list and they're gonna be like, all right, it's BYU, 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 and a Moyne Kemboy, and then a bunch of 1340
0: guys. Okay. They're gonna they're gonna be if, that's gonna be interesting. I mean, it makes more well, it makes more sense for them to do that than the 3000 yeah. because then you get an extra day of rest. I wonder. Correct. Yeah, I wonder what. Oh man, I just looked at the list. Uh, you're right. Oh man. Yeah. Mance, Klinger Garnica Eric Hammer from Colorado State ran a converted 1336 which was a actually a 1416.
1: He he proved it. He ran a
0: 1337
1: or 8 at Iowa State. So
0: he Oh yeah, it. well no no, I'm not yeah. Oh, I'm not saying he didn't prove it. I'm just saying that's his top mark. It has a an at sign and a hashtag next <laughs> to it. Uh, a, a number sign. So I got to read those. Then Amon Camboy 1338, Adrian Wildchit, 1339. Boyd from Arkansas, 1340. Jacob McLeod, 1341. Matt Young, Arkansas, 1342. Colton Johnson, Washington State, 1343. This opens the door for the host team, too. Yeah, Arkansas, yeah. Arkansas could collect a whole bunch of points there in in the 5,000. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that Oregon wouldn't try to get somebody in there. I think they
1: want to run the DMR. I think Cooper Tier would rather do a
0: DMR than be in yeah. a 5K, win a 5K. Well, and they're they're fine. They yeah. can choose, right? It's not going to... They can sacrifice points somewhere because their margin is so big. I think that's what they're going to do. I think they are going to try to qualify for cross country. Robert Johnson gave that hint when he said how important cross country is to the school. Yeah. Just the tradition of of cross country. So I think they will do it. They'll qualify. Whether or not they're on the starting line in Stillwater. They'll be on the starting line. That's another question. You're done. Go for it. They're not going to be broken. You're not done. You're at the Olympic trials in a couple
1: months. Is one know. 10K in March going to really be the reason why they don't have a step
0: in June? Every 10K in March counts, Gordon. Every cross-country 10K in March. I've told you this time and time again. That's the rule. I'm just saying I wouldn't, gar- I wouldn't guarantee it. I wouldn't guarantee it. Um, it's interesting. So whose record did Cooper Tier break? Ed Chez. Do you consider Ed Chez a miler? No. Do you consider Cooper a miler? No. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that the two people who brought up the mile record are just guys who were 5,000 meter runners, 3K runners? I mean, it's because... Cross...
1: That's because the best milers don't try to run fast. The best milers are centralists. And they go out there and they they win the Olympic f- 1500 in a time that a high schooler could have ran because... They jogged the first three laps. And not that high school would have been in that race and would have won, obviously the time wise, a high school equal running it evenly. But don't The, at Gordon. the best Milers don't I mean some do internationally, but the best Milers don't try to run yeah. extremely fast for four laps. They try to run as, I mean, conserve, Josh as much ran en- fast. conserve as much.
0: Josh Kerr ran fast. No.
1: They conserve as much energy as possible for the first seventy five percent of the race and then they use it all in the final 25%.
0: That's how they're trained right, but what's, to do it. Yeah, yeah, but what's stopping them from getting in a time tr- – running a different style of race when they have the opportunity at a Brian Clay or at a Arkansas Indoor Meet? It's just uh, it's just interesting. Rabbiting? Is, like it's hard to get. The one thing yeah. – we, we talk about Swarthmore
1: Meet where Kyle Merber ran at 335 and everyone was like short track. The reason why that was a crazy meet four or five years ago – was because Nick Willis was willing to rap at them for like
0: fourteen hundred meters. It's hard to get a rabbit well, that's, for you know Right. And who has rabbits Oregon. at the disposal. Oregon. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I know I know that wasn't They had yeah. a rap they had
1: two rabbits. They had a rabbit through one yeah. K and they had a rabbit go through twelve hundred.
0: Yeah. I think Reed Brown ran through 1,200. It's the Bowman, it's the Bowman track that. club effect. Yeah. 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 I mean I know when Chez ran his, was that it was at Milrose? I want to say though, right? No, it was at BU. It was? Yeah. Man, he ran his Man, he ran 3:49 at BU too. Yeah. He ran both of those Fast at BU. Okay. Button. All right. All right. Okay, men are pro type pro side of things, top 5 on the pros. Number 1 and th- well, actually I mean number 1 should be the let's just say ran right, Beatrice Chepkowich, 14:43 road world record, boom in the 5K. Uh Is it, but a, if is we're it just the saying, actual
1: world record or is it the fake we we start over the, world record?
0: You know what? That was such a stupid decision that I've decided not to even remember what they <laughs> used to be. Or maybe I should. Okay. Anyway, it's 1443. It's on the roads. It's fast. Joshua Chapter Guy uh, did not break the world record. So that's notable when he doesn't break the world record. He ran 1314. But if we're just doing the top five indoor performances and we're not talking about road stuff, I'm going to go Brazier number one, 14421, out of the box, beats it by a hundredth. Kind of cool moment when he crossed the line. And he saw it equaled the time and he's like, ah, and then they ticked it down. He's like, ooh. It was out of like that Alonzo morning meme yeah, when he's yeah, on the bench like... and he's like. <laughs> yeah. I guess he, he wins the proxy war with with Hopple I you... maybe. I don't know. There, was it a draw? I guess it was a draw because Hopple ran fine I tip. have a take where. Uh-oh. Don't push it. You're one for one on takes. It's not Don't do it's it.
1: not an American record if it's your own record that you're breaking. It's not a new American Okay, it's, that's a bad like, that's a bad take. No, Let's just keep moving. Like, keep going. Number 2. I know it's hard to be this, what like Yes, it's an American record, but like I feel it's like the fastest time an American's run. Yeah, but like it's just his PR. That's all we're seeing. We're seeing him PB. Yeah,
0: but that's what happens if you're the American record holder? Your PBs count as American records. Yeah, but records. like it's that's PB. Reality. But what's more. Did it surprise you? I'm trying to get you off of this okay. to save you. Did it surprise you that he ran that quickly on the, in the debut? No, I think it.
1: that's his baseline. Like that's mm-hmm. that's why I wasn't that impressed because it's like this is like his. That was like a a B minus run. Like he probably wanted more. He probably was mm-hmm. like I. he probably thought he could have done more he probably will do more down the road um his he's so good that his benchmark is running within a percent point of the american record that's just like yeah. what he's become you know it's the like no one is impressed when lebron james scores 25 points cuz it's like that's what he does i'm going to score 25 points and mm-hmm. his normalcy is now elite like which mm. is shows where he's at so that's why it's like new american record i'm like it's just it's it's normal for him yeah
0: number two i'm gonna go and you probably don't recognize this because oliver Hor is a 1500 meter runner that ran fast <laughs> which according to you is impossible <laughs> for some reason it's impossible for americans oh okay so even though he went to college in the u.s because he's australian he was able to do yeah. it he ran 332 To break the Aussie record. Jake Whiteman, your pick for the win, ran 334. And then Sam Tanner from UW set a New Zealand record in 334 as well, too. But I just thought we kind of – i mean, Oliver Horne never got his due, even though he was a national title winner. But he was the most versatile runner on the men's side in the NCAA because he was a mile champion. And then he was also one of the best cross-country runners in the nation as well, too. Season got wiped out last year in the spring and then went on and had a really good, ran some really impressive times last year after he signed. And he's just, he's just continued that. And a lot of guys and women, they can't make that step. They can't transition from NCAA champion into contender on the world scene. And I think Hor is following a bit in, in the Josh Kerr model of somebody, a, a recent person who is taking really well to pro run and, and is jumping right in. Because you could see him as a guy who finishes top 10 in the world or the Olympics this year. Yeah,
1: this mark that he threw down this early is definitely a indicator that he he's going to survive the international waters. Like, he, he hasn't peaked, right? And I think that's a good mm-hmm. sign. He's not burnt out from the college days. You don't run this fast if you're coming out of – College burnt out. You just don't do that. Mm -hmm. You don't show this freshness that he showed and the ability to do something this quick. Um, It's kind of interesting looking back on his career, too. I mean, 2018 is when he kind of surprised everyone and won Outdoor 1500. And then 2019, he was a favorite in indoor, lost to Jordy Beamish. And then Yared Ngoose then all of a sudden had his breakout. And now it's like, Mm -hmm. it's respectable to lose to Ngoose, right? And then... 2020 happens, right? And that it's mm-hmm. that whole his his chance of like redemption for like, yeah, hey, yeah. I was the state championship. I got upset twice. I'm going to come back and show that I'm actually the best in the nation. And then that got taken away from him. So it's kind of nice that he's kind of harnessed all that energy and really put it into this new era for
0: him. And right now he's starting off with the bang, which was pretty good. He was always in the mix, yeah. which I think is one indication that the person has staying power beyond their collegiate years because you're right. He has the upset win and you think, well, it's the 1500 weird stuff happens. Let's see what he can do after that. And, and then he goes and he wins. Um, sorry. Then he goes and he, fi- he finished 17th in the 2018 cross country championships, which is nuts for the reigning mile champion. Then indoors, you're right, he gets third in the race that Beamish won. And then outdoors, he finishes fourth. So he's always there. He's always there. He's not – he doesn't have duds. And then his last cross-country championship, he's again 18th as well too. And who knows? He could have won indoor and then won outdoor. And then we'd be like, oh, yeah, this is yeah. exactly how we expected it. But there was a little bit of uncertainty just because he didn't have the cherry on top at the end of his his, his career. Uh, okay, number three, oh, I'm s- going to do... We got
1: to say, Sam Tanner,
0: oh, is, Sam Tanner is the NSA favorite, in my opinion. Not Cooper Tier or Cole Hawker. See, this is what I was saying. I wanted to talk about this more, but I don't know if we're going to have... Okay, go. No, I'm just saying. Get, I think have, that needs to have, be said right now. 60 seconds, go. He's, 60 he's seconds, the NSA
1: favorite. I think his 330... What do you want? 4? 35? Mm-hmm. I think it's more impressive than the 350. I know, technically, his... 1500 meter converts to a 351. So technically you could say 350 is better, but in that race with that's not controlled for him, he was in no man's land. A lot of the times where he had to kind of like make a commitment. Am I going to go with the front group of Waitman and, and Hoare or stay back? He kind of, he made a decision. He went for it. He didn't fall apart. Um, I think, yeah, I think Tanner is going to be championship ready more than, hawker or Tier? it's not against hawker Tier. i think just tanners this kid's all time i mean he's 20 years old running olympic standards uh i mean nick Willis is super impressed by him he's the, he's the future of new zealand 1500 meter running running him and i guess jordy beamish so i was to say how quickly you forgot jordy yeah, no, beamish i, I, what we, I got, what I got him in there i got him at the end of the sentence where did jordy beamish go to school yeah, i you. You okay i get it
0: okay. hey. yeah <laughs> um <laughs> okay number three Anyway, yeah. uh, I'm going to do off distance American record holders here. I'm going to group two people together. Eleanor Perrier and and Bryce Hopple. Hopple with the 216, Perrier with the 910. Uh, you know, some people on Twitter went a little crazy with the siren emojis uh after Bryce Hopple's American indoor 1k record. It was just an impressive run in terms of he managed to it was it like went slow and he still got it. Again, I don't think many people uh were expecting like we thought the world record might be possible and they were talking about that in the in the in the lead up to the race and the world record was was a couple of seconds faster for purrier with the 910 converts to something in the mid the mid 830s for 3k but she ran a lot of it solo with no i mean she beats coburn by 5 seconds I don't think this changes who – I don't think she's on this completely different level. I think she was always really freaking good, especially indoors last year where she ran the mile in, in 417. What's going to be interesting for her is you know, 1,500, 5,000, or does she – she probably just does both at the trials and then see which ones she can she can make. But she's uh, she's been this good for a while now. Yeah. Now she has an American record I mean, by her name.
1: The 910 – when you compare it to what a 3K mark is, it's not as Yeah. I mean, she's still in that second tier behind... She's leading the second tier behind Schweizer and Then um, There's not there's no shame to that, right? Schweizer and Houlihan are both all-time greats. Uh, and... You're I'm, talking about the 5,000? 5, 5,000 slash 1,500. And I think it's good okay. for Elle Purier where she, I think she recognized Schweizer and Houlihan will split up, I think, maybe, potentially. Mm-hmm. They might come together in the 5K, but I think she's like, all right, well, at least they're not going to take two spots on one team. They're either mm-hmm. going to take one spot on one and one spot on the other, so it gives her more opportunities to make the Olympics. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it showed that she's she's in fit. She really hasn't lost a beat. She's going to be in the mix, and she is one of our top threes in whatever event she decides, whether it's a 15 or the 5K.
0: Yeah. I think she's probably – a. Has a bit better chance in the in the five thousand, just because that's a lower chance of Hulahan racing. And if it comes down, if it, she seems like she could go with either way that race goes. If it goes tactical, or if it goes hard from the gun, she seems equipped for it to go both directions. So I really like her in the in the five thousand. But I would also probably right now, I would probably put her on the fifteen hundred meter team if I had to pick right now behind Hulahan and Simpson. Hopple's time, I mean, in the in the in the battle. Of the people who don't race each other, Brazier and Hoppel. I guess you got to give the edge to, to, to Brazier because he beat Hoppel's 800-meter time in the process of winning or in, in the process of, of breaking the American record. But, uh, yeah, the socially distant racing is uh, <laughs> kind of a bummer.
1: Yeah, and I think Hoppel. I mean, I think he got what he wanted out of indoors. He ran a, a mm-hmm. strong 800 Comes in, breaks the American record in the 1K. Rest in peace, David Torrance. I remember watching him break that American record in person. It was a, a very memorable event. Uh, it was one of my first meets that I covered at Flow Track. It was in 2014. It was like end of the year. end of, It was like BU last chance meet, I believe. But mm-hmm. I remember him going for it. He was super pumped. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Hopple, he got a record. He ran a strong 800. Now he's going to rest up and get ready for an outdoor season. And, yeah, I wish he would have raced Brazier. I wish Brazier would have raced Hopple. But you can't always get what you want. But you know what they say. You can cry sometimes.
0: Yeah, and they do say that. It's a credit to Hopple that we're talking about this as a rivalry. Yeah. That we're saying, well, why don't they race each other? Because we're not saying, why doesn't Donovan Brazier race against random ninth-place person? It's like we're specifically saying it's Hopple because of how good Bryce Hopple's been. I mean, take another – give me another person who won Worlds last year. Who won Worlds? Grant Holloway. Grant Holloway, yeah. We're not saying, well, why isn't Devin Allen racing Grant Holloway? Or why isn't even? – we're not even really saying uh, that about anybody else in the the field. But it's because – it's because Hopples run so well that we're even bringing it up as an issue that they should be racing. Dude, all right. I mean, they're both young, so their careers is long,
1: But let's just only focus on 2021 and only focus yeah. on the Olympic trials and the Olympic games. Because mm-hmm. I really don't care who wins if they race each other in a Diamond League or whatever. Because it's like, once you take out the pressure, it's like, all right, whatever. The yeah. only thing that matters to these guys is winning the trials and winning Olympics. Does – what – is there – do you see a scenario where Hopple beats him? And do you th- even if you see a scenario, do you think that scenario even has a percent likeliness
0: of happening that's over like 15%? I was the person who said Brazier's going to dominate the 800 for eternity last year. Might have gotten take carried away a little bit with that take. I
1: mean, I think the way
0: B- Hoppel beats Brazier is that Brazier has to make a mistake. I think it's greater than 15%, though. I think we've seen enough in these last—over the last—everything post-Doha, right? You look at Doha, and you're like, oh my gosh. Brazier breaks the American record, dominates the race. Hoppel gets fourth. How did Hoppel get fourth? He's fourth in the world. He was in—he's been racing since— you know, January and this, this finals in October, how is he still doing this? And you think, okay, well, that's it. Like finally he's like run out of gas. He's running out of luck. And then he comes back, you know, in 2020. And in that really short indoor season, he ran exceptionally well. And then he goes into Monaco and he gets closer to Brazier than he ever had. I think he's got a shot. I think it's greater than greater than 15%. I would put it at 28.4% right now the next time they race what would be it because our assumption because what the argument for brazier is okay he's already way far ahead and we haven't seen his best and i think that implies that we have seen hopple's best just because we've seen him so much but i don't think we have and i think i think hopple's got another another gear too. hopple just has like
1: that style of like he's like He's emptying the gas tank every time. He's like, ah, the last little drip of energy in that final 50 meters. Whereas Brazier just looks like he's just a Tesla. And it's just like my my battery power is not out. Like I might Mm -hmm. want to, I'm just always cruise control. So there's that moment. I just, I think Brazier is now mature enough. Not mature mentally, but mature in doing this types of races often enough that he knows the different types of he knows his strengths and weaknesses he knows if yeah so it's, it's harder for I think for brazier to make a mistake than it was three or four years ago because he knows yeah you just you know
0: there's just got to be a moment though like you don't win forever right there's a point no, I when you. you lose that's what I'm saying you've talked you've talked to me no you actually haven't talked to me anyway but his his running has hopple just won't go away. Yeah. Hopple will not go away. I mean to to like use your car analogy, it's like but it's like a car you keep waiting to you think it might break down. It just like keeps showing up and like keeps showing up but like will not it will not die. And that's and that's hopple. And then I think there's a good chance that he's going to take another step up. Also, this is the latest installment the latest chapter and like who do you favor in these 800 meter races the the front runner or the kicker yeah i mean brazier could be a kicker too but he has preferred in recent years to just go from the front and will that make a difference you know with a hundred to go and hopple's bearing down on you that's tough because hopple hopple's kick is top-notch and will there be some stylistic decision-making? Like, will Brazier, if the gap gets closed, will Brazier maybe go out a little bit more conservative and be the hunter instead of the hunted?
1: You ready for my take? My take of 2021? Mm. It's not a real take, but it's kind of...
0: Uh-oh. I'm kind of worried about the trajectory of these takes. I
1: Hopple has a better chance of beating Brazier in the Olympic final than he does in the trials final.
0: I actually think the opposite. No, but
1: I think there's, I think there's a mental component that's probably going to the Brazier's head is that the trials are just a stepping stone to the Olympics. And I think,
0: right. So why wouldn't it be easier to get beaten there?
1: I think because of that reason, I think he is going to be you there. There, it's you're not going to be over he's not going to overthink it okay and i think if you don't i think if he's just like not overthinking it he's like i come here i get the job he's he's i I think the the there's just i think you might overthink the olympic final that's
0: what i just that's what i think mm-hmm. See, so i think the opposite i think you'd over i think you'd overthink the trials because there's the whole top three element third is as good as first trying to trying to figure that out oh you come in you're quad is a little sore yeah like how are you managing it. the rounds yeah. yeah yeah okay let's go to what we got two more here four and five I'll go Trayvon Bromel with four ran this ran 650 in that final so didn't set a a season's best again not not too sure how quick this track was but the second half of his 60 talk about good kicks talk about Bryce Hopple's kick <laughs> what about Trayvon Bromel's kick in the last 30 he just jetted out of there. He pushed the turbo button, and nobody was near him. Of course, Noel Lyles didn't make the final of, of this race, so it was missing the main person who we thought could could contend with him. But if you're he could not, speculating— Lyles wasn't running if, the 60. Well, he did run the 60. He didn't make the final. Yeah, you, but that was proof that Lyles wasn't—he wasn't there for a 60. He was there for the 200. The two, you, 200, you think so? Okay, well, anyway, my point being, I hope you bought your bromel stock last year. Because right now to the moon, he we're going to the moon he's, <laughs> for Mel. We're taking it to the moon. Hold the line, hold the line. Rocket ship emoji, rocket ship emoji. He is, I'm not, until I see something outdoors, I'm not going to call him a favorite yet. I'm sticking with co-favorite. I know you've already decided this in your he's head, but I'm just saying I'm keeping him as co-favorites, but that was good. That was good. That second half was, was my, mighty good. You can see that going on for a hundred meters and that gap getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Bromel's a favorite. No, no, I mean,
1: you think he's co-favorite to Noah Lyles. He just raced Noah Lyles and he smoked him. I know it's only 60 meters. Noah Lyles is not, he's coming down into Trayvon's territory. Like, Mm -hmm. if Trayvon was going up against Noah Lyles in a 200, it would look like this, but opposite, right? It would just be like, you're in, I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think. I mean I shouldn't doubt Noah but I just think he is not well he's not there yet to be able to challenge. I mean he wasn't able to challenge really Christian Coleman that much, right? And I think he beat him
0: once. Yeah, but like I, I beat him once. He look every time it looked like he was getting going in the 100 it was okay the focus is now on the 200. Yeah. That's that's how it felt to me. Remember he was going to run that 100 in Monaco, and then after he ran that 100 in Monaco, yeah, he yeah. was going to make the decision, and then it didn't go that well, so he decided. Yeah, I mean, Lyles' best running is in the second half of of races, but I've also seen him, you know, run really good in, in tight moments. They have the same PB. I just think we, I think Lyles won't be. He's going to run both. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's the thing. So it, there's not going to be the, oh, he's just not going to do it. So.
1: I think Lyles is going to be his best 100-meter and still, like, a year or two away from being in his best 100-meter form.
0: All right. That's what I think. Fair. Fair. I'm still sticking with co-favorites until further notice. Okay. Okay. Uh, Number five. This is tough. I mean, Kenny Harrison ran 782 in the 60 hurdles. She looked like the world record holder in the high hurdles, which she is. Uh, Well, not the 60 hurdles, but the – you know what I mean. Anyway. um, But the Shawnee Miller-Weibo – Fifty point two, Ajay Wilson, just a very comfortable two hundred one. Yeah, Shannon else? else She ran the same time as a, a college freshman in college. Well, college freshman is in college. You're correct. Uh, look, different tracks, Gordon. What am I? I'm trying to teach you these things about how these tracks are different. Not all tracks are created equal, and you're trying to make it seem like they are. Uh, what? Okay, you can pick which one of the of the remaining races. Which one? Of college? I mean, pro, 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 pro. We're done with college.
1: I mean, I think that's it. We don't have to do five.
0: Okay. Like, well, I just wanted to name, well, name. I just wanted to name some other things. Lyles ran twenty point eight, but he wore Dunder Mifflin socks. I thought that was cool. Um, Sydney, I'm I'm still unclear because they in the press conference. I think she implied like she meant to jump off the opposite leg the whole way, but then I saw in an Instagram post, and the way she phrased it was almost like it was an accident or something. I don't know. It was hard to tell, but it also was interesting. You're so used to them being these people who are dominant. There's good at everything all the time. You throw them in this event, throw them out in the event. Oh, she's running the fast 200. She's running a fast flat 400. She's running a four hurdle. Oh, the four by four. All those are in the neighborhood, but they're different events. And it was weird to see her actually struggle in an event and finish last. And then she ended up pulling out of the the 500, which is your annual favorite event. I know the 500, the New Balance Indoor Grand Prix. Um, And then Lyles is... 200, he did the uh, ho-hum gesture afterwards. He wasn't he wasn't too excited with that 20.8. But I think for a lot of people, you could tell of who's really all in on indoors and who this was just a stop along the way, basically.
1: Yeah. I want to give another shout-out to my girl, Abby Steiner. She ran the collegiate uh, best again in the 200. She's my... She's making the Olympic team in 2021 that no one's talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. And so far... But you, you are talking about so it.
1: So far, she's on that train. So I'm riding the Abby Steiner train. She's going to win NCAA indoors. She's going to win NCAA outdoors. And then she's going to make the 200-meter team. Norman and Benjamin, one, two. <laughs> Sorry. A lot of team i was starting to think of other things that happened. I mean... I'm not gonna. It's just hard to talk. You're going ab- back
0: to college. You're going back to I college. Know, but like, pros. I but it's hard but for that's me to fine. talk We've about
1: the- Norman and Benjamin running 45 second 400s. What does that mean for the team title for USC? It's, Go. It's just like not as, like. I know. Just because they're pros and they ran doesn't mean we need to talk about it. Like, I, I Well, we're not talking about everybody. Well, you're trying to. You're trying to list everything off. You're trying to. Be no, that's like, it. Okay,
0: that's it. I'm not gonna look. I'm not gonna talk about. Uh, the, the two miles. Like, fu- you know like five Knight events won listed. The you're not going to talk about that. I'm not gonna, Okay, let's talk about Justin Knight. We I, I like Justin Knight. He's a good guy. He's a good uh guy. he won the 2 mile. Good job. Good close uh from Justin Knight there. A beats Klecker, Beats Morgan McDonald. A lot of recent college guys yeah. there for you. That's You just want to talk about college all day long, Gordon. No, no, no. I
1: just,
0: you know. You're you're an NCAA fan. That's what it is. I think you're all in on the NCAA. Okay, well did you don't want to mention anything else? You can I'll open the floor now to you. What do you think pro? is
1: the reason? I, I, I already talked about this, that the fastest quarter miler in the world, and maybe potentially in the world all time, on the same weekend will run the same time as a college freshman. I'm talking about Shawnee Miller Waybo running 50.2 mm-hmm. and a thing Moo, running a it's a four by four split, but split fifty point two. Well, that's part of it. Yeah, that's part, like, it, part of it. But like part of the same
0: range, like we've, why does that quarter happen? Mile, quarter milers, when they're pros, don't really put as much attention at all on indoors. I think there's a difference in tracks that makes a bit of difference as well too. That That's what I would mention. And I think peaking – we've seen this because this happens every single year. And it happens at the beginning of the outdoor season. Peaking matters because everyone's like, oh, like you go to the Texas Relays. Those college kids, those college kids are, are are there, Gordon. You look at the college heats, they're actually faster than the pro heats. And then what happens when the trials come around? Yeah. you know, some, some college kids do well. Some college kids definitely do well, and a few make the team. I'm not saying they don't, but usually there is a regression to the mean. And the NCAA kids slide back a little bit, and the pros, they know what they're doing, and they're ready in time. Yeah, and but also a thing Mo is a generational talent too. Yeah. So it's not just like any 400 meter runner out there just stumbled onto the track at Texas A and M and ran 50 point. She ran an all time mark. Well, yeah, it's but all time mark for a reason. You could also all time mark for a reason. You could
1: look at whoever finished fourth in that race and compare it to a non generational.
0: Shannon Miller would beat him.
1: No, no. Whoever finished fourth in the women's 400 race and then just not a non a non a thing mood type 400 meter run it's just like i don't know i just can't grab my head around having to see college kids and pros consistently always be at the same level and i'm just always thinking like i just feel like every time i watch a pro race everyone should be better than the college kids but it doesn't happen in track and it's and I think there's a lot look, of situations. I know about- I know there's gonna be a college kid here who's just like all time great. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 more of a compliment to the college kid. But like there's just a lot of times when there's pro people who are just running slow, and
0: we just like that's true. Like, but also it. look- it's just weird because yeah, we can like. What if I told you this though? What if I also said there's some events where that age range is the peak for those athletes? A la the 400 usually. Look at how many 400-meter men ran their PR in college versus when they're pros. It's not – at a certain point, it's not a coincidence.
1: Yeah.
0: At a certain point, you have to say the Michael Johnsons, the LaShawn Merritts of the world are the exceptions. And you look – you go back to what Karani James did in college. You go back to what Jeremy Warner did in college. The list goes – Fred Curley. The list goes on and on and on. It could just be that that's the age where they thrive and thus the gap is smaller. Yeah, it's like because gymnastics. you don't, yeah. you don't country. see, yeah, right? Because you're not. Wouldn't you say it's more rare when you go up in distance or down in distance from that to see those marks? Wait, what? Like the men's five thousand? You're probably gonna get a pro leading the way.
1: Yeah,
0: indoors, yeah. even though it's indoors, yeah. right? The women's 1500. You shot gutoff's a guy run 353. You're probably not going to see that in yeah. the NCAA. So I, maybe it's a 400 meter issue. Like for and where like it's down or. I mean, I think around the 400, right? Cause when you get, when you get low, when you get into like the hundred and stuff, strength has such a big deal yeah. or such a heavy influence on it that it, it seems like they need a couple more years in the weight room to really get competitive. Not everybody, but just to answer, just to answer your last point there of why why does it seem to happen not just at the top but maybe the second, third, or fourth? But I also think it just – the margin is pretty small between using this as a training run and really going all in as a race. And when you just use something – like Shawnee Miller in a training run and a thing Mo going all out trying to qualify, they're, they're going to be close. Yeah. They're going to be close because because Shauna Miller, Weibo is, is good but – the thing Mo is, is really good as well, too. And when she's geared up for it, there's a big – it's like the Sixers, right? So it's like the Sixers. If you're comparing them to like their West Coast road trip versus oh how God. they're going to be in the playoffs. Okay, yeah. All right. It's not the same thing. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's just this is – athletes can kind of turn it on and off. And you see when people are yeah. going through the motions and they're just running because they're – Either it's a sponsorship obligation or because they just want to get a race in with other people just to get that feeling versus how they're going to be in a couple months. But I think what happens is we paint such a broad brush one way or the other Yeah. of like, oh, you need three races to get ready or, oh, you should be ready right away. And it's just different for for different people. But like is anybody going to be talking about this meet in two months, let alone by the Olympics? Let alone by tomorrow? No one's – well, I might text you some last thoughts. I actually ranked the top 17 performances and I'm going to reveal them to you tomorrow. But yes, it's like who – ultimately, who cares? Anyway, all right. We'll leave it there. The email address is flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find uh, us on YouTube where you can comment. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We might be back on Wednesday. We also might not. Friday, we will not have a show though because we will be on – location in las vegas gordon do you want to tell everybody right now just so you can say it right now how people can consume the coverage oh yeah las we're vegas? we're gonna
1: film the races and then we're gonna put them up and it's okay. not gonna be live okay. it's gonna be archived
0: yes and you're gonna put them up as fast
1: as you can yeah, as fast as i i'm gonna to sprint to the wi-fi
0: fast as i can no, see, now it sounds like you're being sarcastic can you be serious here and tell people Well,
1: gonna as fast as i can yeah
0: Yeah, okay. He really is. But it's not going to be live. (laughs) Yeah. It's not going to be live. Yeah, no. No live. Just our car cam. It's going to be great. All right.
1: We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Later. Maybe.